guys, welcome back to Flagship Light. My name's Nidlan and today will be a slightly longer episode. So a lot has happened in the tech world recently, so I thought that it would probably be a good idea to compile all of this news into one episode. I will leave timestamps below so that you can skip around to whichever bit you find interesting. But if you want to listen to the whole episode, that would be much appreciated. If you do want shorter clips for the different sections, stay tuned because they will be on my YouTube channel, not immediately, but quite soon. Anyway, so today we'll be talking about Geomeet, Huawei chips, the future of TikTok, along with the OnePlus Nord and the Pixel 4a. So, starting off with Geomeet. So, if you didn't know, Geomeet is made by the company Reliance from India. And Reliance is a huge, huge company, which owns multiple businesses. Anyway, so if you guys remember, I did do a video conferencing app comparison, I think a few months back. So Geomeet wasn't released then, and it has just recently literally taken the world by storm. By the way, just on the topic of my podcast episode on the best video conferencing app, I mentioned that Skype was the best one out there, and I have changed my mind. So, quite recently, I have been in some Skype calls, and, and you know, some of these have been meetings with very few people, and others have been with quite a few. So for the smaller group meetings, even though everyone's internet connection is stable with four bars and etc, the video calls start to lag, and they freeze up. The larger group calls, though, are the worst. Sometimes, you know, Skype kicks everyone out the meeting completely randomly, and this can happen every few seconds or every 10 minutes. The point is, is that it's extremely frustrating. So, in my test, Zoom did come second, and therefore I would recommend it to anyone. However, if you would like me to do a way more in-depth comparison with GeoMeet as well, then don't forget to let me know. Okay, back to Geomeet. So, a few key factors. It looks exactly like Zoom, it looks exactly like Zoom, and it looks exactly like Zoom. (laughs) Okay, jokes aside, it looks almost like a carbon copy of Zoom. The icons are fairly similar, you know, the layout is exactly the same, and the colour scheme is fairly similar as well. However, this is an absolute master move by Reliance in my point of view anyway. Take it like this, what video conferencing app is used 300 million times per month? Zoom. What is the most popular video conferencing app? Zoom. Which app do people know how to navigate because they use it so much? Zoom. By making an almost exact replica of Zoom, people will switch to Geomeet because they already know how to use it. I genuinely think that this is a must-mind move. (laughs) Sorry for ranting back there. But anyway, I think that Geomeet has some key advantages over Zoom. And the fact that almost everyone knows how to use it, before even using it once, is why it is and will achieve serious success. Also, some key advantages are that it will now support video calls on the free plan for up to 24 hours. I don't really need to talk too much about this one, 
because I think I have mentioned this quite a lot. The one thing that bugged me the most about Zoom was the 40 minute time limit. It got extremely frustrating and it was just frankly a horrible thing. I'm sure that many of you would agree with me. So I think that this will be the killer feature and is the feature that people will switch for. Alright, so that was it for GeoMeet. Let's move on to Huawei and their precarious situation that they find themselves in. Alright, Huawei. So TSMC, the largest chip manufacturer in the world, have refused to carry on selling chips to Huawei. TSMC, by the way, provide the chips for Huawei's smartphones, their wearables, their laptops, their networking equipment, in essence, almost every single device that Huawei manufactures. This will be a huge, huge issue for Huawei. If you didn't know already, this is because of the US government's disagreements with Huawei, and many companies like Google, for example, not allowing Huawei to access their services. However, I do think that this will backfire seriously for these companies like TSMC, like Google, because Huawei will just do it themselves. It's not as simple as that, but I think Huawei can recover from this quite quickly. SMIC, which is a Chinese competitor to TSMC, could be used by Huawei to produce their chipsets. SMIC has been slightly worse compared to TSMC in general, but they have just received a huge boost in terms of money, which could potentially put them back on track. This would be an amazing alternative to TSMC, and even though Huawei's devices will have to be postponed, these changes can't happen immediately. If any company were to emerge out of this still with good devices, I would say they would be Huawei. Okay, so now the big stories. The OnePlus Nord and the Pixel 4a. Both very hyped devices. And I have actually talked about the Pixel 4a, which was my first podcast episode, but it's safe to say I was not expecting this. Let's get into it. Alright, let's focus on to the OnePlus Nord first. So, I'll quickly read off some specs. Snapdragon 675G, 8GB of RAM, 128GB of storage, a 6.4 inch 90Hz AMOLED display with a small hole punch as well. You have a quad camera system, which I will get into a second. And the main selling point? The price, which is £379 in the UK. That's nuts for what you're getting. The display is stunning, and so is the sheer speed of this device. So, you know, a lot of positives here. Okay, so in general, with a budget smartphone, I like seeing a pretty nice camera, a clear display with a nice design which is bright, pretty good battery life, a good CPU with enough RAM, a price which is low as possible, and 100% a headphone jack. Things that I don't mind as much are high refresh rate, IP ratings, build quality and 5G. I'm not really sure whether many agree with that, but that's what I want. And the reason that I said durability wasn't going to be a huge factor for me is because realistically, I am going to put on a case 
and screen protector on every single phone I have. So, yeah. Also, regarding high refresh rates, I know that lots of people love it, but for the average user, it's not something that will completely reimagine the mobile phone experience. In my opinion, anyway. So, the reason why I'm talking about this is because of the cameras. So, the OnePlus Nord has a quad camera system, which takes decent photos, you know, nothing to gloat about, but certainly nothing to complain about too, for the price, but I feel like they have been slightly wasteful here. A 48 megapixel main camera, fine, that's great. An 8 megapixel wide angle camera, also fine. I think that the wide angle camera is the next most useful camera. And then we move on to the 2 megapixel macro and the 4 megapixel depth sensor. Like, if OnePlus wanted to make an amazing camera system, they would have made the macro camera better and the depth sen- Well, I, I think that's useless anyway. The thing is, is that OnePlus wanted to create hype for this device. So what do they do? They market this as a quad camera system for a very cheap price. Immediately, everyone's excited. When in reality, people only really need two of them. I mean, OnePlus's marketing team does need some credit though. Selling out pre-orders multiple times without anyone even seeing the device deserves some recognition. But moving on to the design, I think that OnePlus have done quite well here. It looks very clean and simple, and the colours are amazing. When I say colours, I mean colour, because the grey version doesn't look great to me. The blue, on the other hand, I personally think is amazing. One slight critique I do have though, is that they could have been more adventurous. The Nord series is a place where they is a place where they can experiment and innovate. I would have maybe liked to see a device with a similar clean and simple look, but with some flair to it as well. So for the Nord, overall a very positive experience, but some things that could be fixed and improved upon next time. That's the Nord, but now we have the Pixel 4a. This was the device that I talked about in my first podcast episode. And let's say that some things have changed. The design leaks were completely spot on. There's a punch hole display with slim bezels, only one size, and the same camera setup look as the Pixel 4. Now bearing in mind that I was quite impressed with the OnePlus Nord a few weeks earlier, this Pixel 4a absolutely blew my mind. It was roughly £50 less than the Nord, and definitely did everything I wanted it to. So, going back to the list I made of what I wanted in a budget smartphone, clear display, check. It's a 5.8 inch OLED, not as crispy as the Nord's, but still quite impressive. Good battery life, check. The Pixel 3a held up amazingly due to its low battery draining display and CPU, and the 4a is no different. Good CPU with enough RAM, This isn't quite there, but I'll talk about that later. A good camera? Definitely check. I mean, it's a Pixel phone, so, yes. A low enough price? Check. And a headphone jack? 
Yes. The OnePlus Nord didn't come with one, so this is a huge relief. If you think about it, people who buy this phone probably wouldn't want to shell out a third of the price of the phone. If you think about it, people who buy this phone probably wouldn't want to shell out a third of the price of this phone, or more, to buy wireless earphones or headphones, which makes a lot of sense. Okay, so from this overview, you clearly see that I rate the foray over the Nord, which I do. The processor isn't as fast because it is a slower chipset, the 730G, but they did this to cut on the price. It still is a fast chipset, just not as snappy as similarly priced alternatives. Hopefully, it doesn't fall into the trap of previous Pixel phones where there have been some lag issues, but there is enough RAM this time, so this shouldn't be a huge issue. Now, Moving on to the cameras. I really want Google to add an ultra-wide in the future, because this is the only thing that could make this system better. Anyway, as expected, this totally trumps the Nord. Better colours, better detail, cleaner images, better night mode, good software. There is a lot vouching for this Pixel 4a, which is very good to see. There is only one camera here, compared to the 4 on the OnePlus, and I prefer this. As I mentioned before, OnePlus used the 4 cameras as a marketing technique, which worked, but Google have been more careful and have been less wasteful, meaning that the price has lowered, which is great. Speaking about the price, I think that Google saw what OnePlus sold their devices for, and realised they would have to make it cheaper in order to sell more units. And they lowered the price, which is awesome, and I think it worked. By the way, the design of these isn't amazing, but I think it looks nice nonetheless. So, overall here, Pixel 4a blew my mind completely. Price is great for all, but some tiny details that could be fixed for the next model. So, Let's take a quick break before we move on to TikTok and its future. Okay, TikTok. So, as many of you will know, TikTok has been banned in India due to some border control clashes between China and India, leading to TikTok and 58 other Chinese apps being banned by the Indian government. Also, ever since a new security law has been imposed on Hong Kong, TikTok has decided to stop operating inside of it. This has added to the controversy over whether TikTok was feeding information about its users to the Chinese government, and all of that stuff. But the real confusion as to where it will be banned is mainly focused onto the US. So, Donald Trump has been talking about banning TikTok for a while now, and nothing has happened so far. Most of you would know that Huawei was not allowed to work with any US companies such as Google a while back due to security concerns, and this is happening with TikTok too. So, there has been quite a lot of confusion as to what is actually happening, so hopefully this will help you to understand about what's going on. So, 
With these security issues, Donald Trump originally wanted to completely ban it. This then sort of adapted into him realising that a huge percentage of TikTok creators, as well as viewers, were from the US, and this made him completely reconsider his decision. Recently, there have been talks that Trump has been speaking to some tech giants, such as Microsoft, where he has been trying to persuade them into buying TikTok. These security issues, by the way, are mainly because there has been some controversy about apps feeding personal information to the Chinese government. Not long ago, Trump signed an executive order saying that both Apple and Google must take TikTok off from their app stores. No one is quite sure whether Trump has the legal authority for this to actually happen, but these are some of the things that have been talked about. So, looking into the future is quite uncertain. On one side, you have the government, who want to ban it for the safety of the country, and then on the other side, you have the citizens, or the majority of them, who want to keep it because they enjoy watching it and creating content on there. I suspect that because of the huge backlash that Trump would receive if he outrightly banned it, he would probably try to persuade a big US company into buying it. Although, no one really knows what will happen. Right, that's all we have for today. As always, you can hit me up with feedback, comments, what you want to hear in future episodes, and anything about Flagship Light in general, with my contact details down below. Anyway, thank you for listening. I've been Nidlan. This is Flagship Light, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you.